0: Hi, everyone. I am Lori LeBay, and welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. If you liked our opening music, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. For those of you that are new, Alzheimer Speaks Radio is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to talk to real people in the trenches making a difference and so maybe just maybe you can be our next guest reach out to me at any time i'd love to talk to you and hear what you're doing i always like to do a couple of shout outs and of course i have to shout out to dementia map which i'm co-founder of if you haven't checked it out please do so we are building it out um, every day it changes Uh, There's like 150 categories that you can search. It's free to use and open to anybody. Uh, We have a calendar of events, uh, a glossary and a blog, uh, so much out there. So check out DementiaMap.com. Now this I'm really excited about because this team has been working on their project for years and I'm excited to announce that the film determined fighting Alzheimer's um, a battle for the brain that begins with the heart is going to premiere April 6 on PBS so all you have to do is check your channels uh, listings for the time because they vary depending on where where you're located I am also thrilled I'm finally going to do an in-person uh, presentation where you're going to be doing two screenings of the film, A Timeless Love. And that's going to be in Winona, Minnesota for the Winona Dementia Friendly Community Week. They're doing a whole week of education. I will be down there uh, Thursday, April 7th, and Friday, April 8th. And you can find more information about the event on our website. And let's see, I'm still continuing to do a couple of programs one is virtual which is arthur's memory cafe and that is on the second and the fourth wednesday of the month and anybody around the world is welcome to attend that the other is with brookdale north oaks and we do a caregiver connect program which is for caregivers and then they kind of have a respite for people living with dementia we've been doing that in person for a long time but the last couple of months We were um, kind of in lockdown here in Minnesota, so we were doing them virtually. We're hoping this month in March, we'll be able to um, meet in person again, and we will be meeting the last Wednesday of every month at 10 a.m. Again, you can always get more information from me on that. I also want to raise the voice of all authors, because if you're caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's or any type of dementia, You want to know who they are. They are a global community of authors writing about Alzheimer's and dementia from personal experience. They have the most comprehensive collection of hundreds of carefully vetted books and blogs covering dementia and caring situations. Their authors, personal stories, and painful learned lessons can help you on your own journey. They also offer a fabulous podcast called Untangling Alzheimer's and Dementia, which you can find on any podcast platform. And they want you to remember you're not alone. One can sing a lonely song, but they choose to form a choir and create harmony. So check them out at
1: allsauthors.com.
0: We're going to hear from the Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner,
1: Adapt it.
0: Well, we are back, and I can't wait to have our discussion today because we are going to be talking about Moz Awards. And we're going to get into all the nitty-gritty of when applications are taking place. But today we are going to talk with Marilyn Reichel. And she began her career in Seattle as a producer of the bathhouse and Tacoma Actors Guild, and she also was the Theater Communications Fellow at the Guthrie here in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. In 1987, she founded the Seattle International Children's Festival, introducing children to the world of culture through the performing arts and growing to become the largest festival in the U.S. In 2010, she received a Master's of Public Administration at Harvard University's Kennedy School of Government. And upon returning to Seattle, she became a care partner for her parents, both of whom developed Alzheimer's disease. In 2015, inspired by her mother's newfound artistic ability, she founded the art of Alzheimer's, celebrating the creativity of persons living with dementia and the power of creative arts to enrich and empower their lives. In addition to Maryland, we have Ann Wheat. And Ann has served as the Director of the Family Caregiver Services since 2014. And she is now the Duet's Executive Director. She holds a bachelor's degree and has completed her graduate studies in recreational management from the University of Arizona. Anne was a member of the Duet Board of Directors from 99 to 2005 and the co chair of DeWitt's major fundraising events. Before her service at DeWitt, Anne was an acting deputy director for the city of. Phoenix. Well, ladies, I'm so excited to have you both here. I am thrilled to be talking about Maud's Awards and letting people know what's going on and and to have you with us as well to talk about what it meant to be a winner and you know what you did with your funding and exposure and all of that kind of stuff. So thank you both for taking time to, to be with us today on Alzheimer Speaks. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as you probably know, I always start out with my first question being, have you been personally touched by dementia Um, in your own family or circle of friends? Uh, Marilyn, I mentioned, you know, both of your parents were, but if you want to give people a little bit more detail, that would be great.
2: Sure. Um, My father had it, all his brothers and sisters had it when they turned 80. He came from a family of seven Um, and we didn't expect mother to get dementia Uh, but when she was in her early 80s she started to experience memory loss and confusion and anxiety and I became a caregiver Uh, I didn't expect it and she actually told us to walk away if she ever got Alzheimer's she said walk away I'm not going to remember you don't sacrifice your life for us and I believed her for the longest time and then when I finally became her real care partner My life changed and uh, it was a wonderful experience.
3: Great. Thanks for sharing. Anne, how about you? Oh, definitely. Um, Dementia has touched my immediate family uh, very closely. When I was in my 40s and my older sister had just turned 50, it was her 50th birthday, she was diagnosed with an extremely rare form of dementia, visual variant dementia, or sometimes called posterior cortical atrophy. And walking that journey with her was undoubtedly the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Before she passed, my father was diagnosed with Lewy buddy dementia. And then my mother who had developed was his primary caregiver, though I lived a mile away and was caring for all, all three of them uh, helping to, to provide care. She developed Alzheimer's. So uh, my parents died, um, Five weeks apart in their home. We're very proud we were able to support them on their journey. And my sister had passed away about a year before them.
0: Wow. Mm. That's a lot on your shoulders. A lot on that, your it did
3: feel like it for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, thank you both for for sharing your stories. I think it's just n- nice for people to hear, you know, different angles of how they're touched or or not touched yet by dementia. But you know, I want to start out, Marilyn, with you first um, because a lot of people might not be aware of MODS Awards and what the heck it is. So why don't you tell people how you're associated with MODS Awards and what it is?
2: Well, I am exceedingly fortunate to be the executive director of MODS Awards for Innovation in Alzheimer's Care, and this was founded three years ago by Richard Ferry, and it was. Um, Inspired by Maud, his beloved wife and partner of 65 years. Um, As he likes to say, they lived the American dream. Uh, He was a successful corporate executive, and she was his partner. She was, as he put it, a matriarch extraordinaire. She was his goodwill ambassador, his silent partner, uh, a community volunteer, and she was also the mother to six children, grandmother of 12, and great-grandmother to three. She lived with grace and elegance, um, inspiring all who knew her, and she has passed away, uh, but her passing is not a cause for sorrow. Um, it is more a celebration of her extraordinary life. And as one MODS awardee put it last year, Maud continues to work her magic. Um, and so she does. Uh, and uh, when Richard became a care partner in 2013, he, like most care partners, started looking for ways to bring joy and happiness to her life. Um, he didn't find many. So... He started Mods Awards, and this is an organization that gives away every year awards uh, $25,000 to to three organizations and $5,000 to up to five individuals, all um, for excellence and achievements in four categories of care.
0: I love hearing the story of just honoring you know, a loved one who's been through this and, mm-hmm. and a family situation in trying to make a difference in terms of, I felt the same way. You know, that's how I started Alzheimer's Speaks and like, where, where's the services? Where, yeah. where, where's all this help? There's got to be other people like me. And so many services, products and tools have been developed, I think, because of personal journeys in saying, you know, we've got to do a better job, you know with all of this. And I want to ask you, how did you find out about Mods awards? Actually,
3: uh, someone on our team had found out about it and sent um, information to me. So we were very fortunate that the word uh, got to us quite easily. I think MODS does a great job of getting the word out. So we were totally excited. We certainly never won a national award for our work uh, to support family caregivers whose loved ones have uh, Alzheimer's or related dementia. And so we we were very excited to nominate the Finding Meaning and Hope program that we had developed specifically for family caregivers of persons with dementia. Yeah, I
0: love the concept of being awarded for something you've already accomplished versus I think the whole industry is used to applying for funding to kick something off and Mm -hmm. building this whole criteria. And so to me, it's just neat to say, you know, you don't have to wait for this to get developed. It's already out here. And then raising those voices. Um, I, I think that is such a huge public service in and of itself to allow people to know what what exists already and um and the stories behind them that then comes out with that why don't you go ahead marilyn and tell us the criteria of how how people are selected as winners and and the categories as well sure
2: and again um these are not grants these are awards for achievements that have already been done um and so the first therefore One is making connections, and this is creating meaningful opportunities for persons living with dementia to connect to the people in the world around them. Treating by design, which is significantly improving the living spaces or mobility of persons living with dementia. There's cultivating health, providing exceptional care or education that supports the long-term physical health of persons living with dementia. And the fourth is supporting care partners, a category that Anne Wheat, in which she won, uh, which is providing impactful education, training, and support for care partners. And this is so important. uh, And it's so exciting to be here with Anne.
0: It's very, very exciting. Thank you for those categories, because I think that's helpful for people to know, you know, how how to be able to break things down. One of the things that I appreciated, too, with looking over the application process was you guys have made it really easy. Um, Some application process, you just leave scratching your head going, I'm not even sure where to go with this. (laughs) I don't know if I have the time to do this because I'm busy doing this over here that I really value. (laughs) And so I I think that that is a a really nice um, format in which you've done that as well. And
2: especially for the individuals, we've made it really simple um, because we know that that it's open to anybody and that family caregivers, and we love to hear from individuals and caregivers, um, but we know that they're busy and they don't have a lot of time. Um, yeah. So we want to make this, and I'm always available um, to answer questions.
0: Which is wonderful. And some individuals are just not, they're not savvy in terms of how do you proceed or they think that they're, they won't be valued right you know they're they're just a care partner and it's like hey care partners you play a big role in all of all of this in terms of shifting our care culture from crisis to comfort so don't dishonor yourself by believing you don't have anything to offer you know we mm-hmm. run into that like with dementia map two people go well you know i'm i'm not a company you don't have to be to have good valuable information and resources that people appreciate. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to complicate it with a tax ID number necessarily.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: So Anne, why don't you tell us about the duet program? I know it's, you know, your partners with the health and aging and, you know, just all your work with with family caregivers.
3: Sure. I'd be pleased to. Duet Partners in Health and Aging is a nonprofit organization uh, based in Phoenix, Arizona. We were actually founded in 1981 with a vision of a community where every person ages with compassion, dignity, and hope. And our mission is to uh, promote health and well-being. We do that through four core service areas, supporting homebound elders. Uh, We call them our neighbors through uh, an army of volunteers who are trained and support them. We support um, grandparents raising grandchildren. Faith community nurses to start health and wellness programs in their congregations and communities. And then the fourth area, of course, is supporting family caregivers. We do that through a a wide uh, variety of support services. And by the way, all of our services for 40 plus years now are provided free of charge. Mm -hmm. So we we run an array of support groups, some general, some very specific uh, for people with Alzheimer's related dementia. Parkinson's disease, a men's group, for instance, uh, that sort of thing. And then we do uh, a lot of personalized guidance. We put on a lot of workshops and a, a, a symposium where we bring in, you know, big name folks to uh, really share directly with those family caregivers. And then uh, lastly, of course, a program that was a, has been a labor of love for all of us, the Finding Meaning and Hope program. It's a 10-week video discussion series um, based on the work of Dr. Pauline Boss, who is a national treasure for dementia family caregivers. And it follows the chapters of her book, Loving Someone Who Has Dementia, How to Find Hope While Coping with Stress and Grief. And so we work directly with Dr. Boss, videotaping her in conversation with real life dementia family caregivers, um, sharing the lessons of that book so that in community, which is so important, not in isolation, but in community, family caregivers can come together and understand what's going on with this complex grief experience that they don't even have a name for. Dr. Boss coined the term ambiguous loss back in the 70s to describe in the case of these family caregivers, when a person is physically present but psychologically absent or missing. And then she is all about resiliency-based self-care, and she teaches us through the various um, videos and discussion how to navigate this difficult journey and reclaim meaning and hope in our lives. We've had over 500 family caregivers go through it, And I just would say thank you to Maud's Awards for lifting us up and giving us what it's very different from a grant. It is an award and it brings with it that validation and that national recognition that we so need to give wings to the things we do.
0: Mm. Now, is that program free as well?
3: Absolutely. We are committed to never charge a penny for any of our services. And now that we're trying to take it national. We have that same absolute commitment to any family caregiver who would like to sign up and and join in a Meaning and Hope session. And we train uh, facilitators to bring it to their communities as well and equip them with all the materials they need to run it in person or virtually.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. And, you know, Pauline does she is just so down to earth. And and like you said, such a wealth of knowledge and a treasure. You know, I've had her on the show and, you, and she's just one of those people you can talk to all day long. And the wealth of information in her delivery style is so comfortable. So I would really encourage people to sign up. I, it's not going to be a waste of your time because I, I think you're right. And when you talk about families don't even know how to label this because they're too busy being busy to even think about Mm -hmm. why am I feeling drained? Why am I feeling hopeless? Why am I feeling lost? Because there's just so much to do. And the last person we take care of is
3: ourselves. It's a real aha moment when they understand. And Dr. Boss says, first, you have to be able to name the problem you're dealing with. And then you can do something about it and ambiguous loss when they learn that. And there's this, we had a facilitator who said she, when she explained it for the first time to a family caregiver, the woman looked at her and said, I can breathe. I can finally take a deep breath. 97% of the caregivers who go through the series and respond to the survey uh, say that it lowered their stress and help them definitely, they, they all fall in love with Dr. Boss, Any, anyone who meets her, whether it's through video or in person, to know her is to love her.
0: Well, it's kind of like what people say about dementia, as much as no one wants to have that diagnosis, they all, they all say they have a sigh of relief, because it's like, well, at least we know what the heck it is, because everyone else has been telling me I'm crazy, or it's not that big of a deal. And, and so they all say, wow, it just, it lightened the load to have it made, because then you can, then you can kind of swim down that path to gather more information and educate yourself and find support. And, and that's just critically, critically important. And I think it's one of the last things most care partners do because most of them don't even recognize they are a care partner. You know, they're a, they're a spouse or a son or a daughter or, you know, a neighbor just doing what they were raised to do, you know, to be a good kind person, and to help out. But speaking from personal experience, lose your focus of who are you anymore. And Marilyn, I don't know if that happened to you. My guess is probably with taking care of two parents, (laughs) because I was taking care of my mom with dementia and my dad with with brain cancer for four and a half years. But most of the time, it was just the one, not both.
2: Well, I was completely in denial. I mean, that's how I was raised. If you're supposed to just walk away, you're not supposed to even acknowledge it. And it took me such a long time to be able to see the person instead of the loss and to hear the thought instead of the confusion. Um, and when I finally realized the personhood of my mother, then I realized I was her partner in her care. And and then everything changed. And I wish I had known then what I know now with my father because mm-hmm. his final years would have been so much better. Um, so so denial was our way of dealing with pretty much everything. And And, then, and there was no stress in denial. Just walk away. And then when I finally realized everything was fine, there was so much love and humor and fun and discovery with mother. And I was not a full-time family caregiver, which is such a privilege that mo- do most people do not have, um, and that's why I'm so excited about Anne's work because the need across this country for family caregivers is so vast. And and I'm sort of curious how, as you were talking about, you know, the reach is right now about 500 people, but your your goal is to reach everyone, and how are you going to do that? Yep.
3: Absolutely. We want want to make sure that every family caregiver uh, who is struggling with dementia has access to finding meaning and hope and the work of Dr. Pauline Boss in community with other caregivers. Isolation and loneliness is a terrible problem now for family caregivers of adults. Uh, On a survey done by the CDC during the pandemic, they rated the highest in uh, stress and um, suicide ideation of any group of high-risk folks from, suicide, from uh, isolation and loneliness. So we all need to be part of how we um, help them reclaim meaning and hope in their lives and, and a sense of finding meaning in that, that making peace with the relationship they have now and finding those blessings along the way, which are there. I mean, it is all possible. So we, thanks to MODS and our, um, our award funds, uh, started our national movement. We have big ideas, and that is to create a virtual community so that we reach these folks who are isolated and alone and bring them together. And that is called uh, the Meaning and Hope. It's called Meaning and Hope Institute. And our website, it's still, we're still a work in progress. We'd love everyone to check it out. I, I'm a believer you can't build a community without community. So we want folks to be part of our journey with us. We are do everything we do in partnership, but it's uh, at themeaningandhope.org. And um, take a look at it and see our warm and welcoming approach to come on in and be part of this in company. Uh, that's how we all get through this journey, every one of us. Does better if we do it in community with other fellow travelers. So uh, what we will uh, offer on there, again, it'll be a source of all kinds of resources when we complete it. Um, But also, um, there's access now to Duet's virtual services. But um, I think also just the fact that we can help people uh, lower their stress levels stay healthy and resilient and more tuned in to that relationship they have in the now, knowing they have the tools and techniques to navigate it well. I mean, what a gift that is. Myself and all of my team who are in our family caregiver um, support services all are or have been family caregivers. We walk the walk. That's why we're there. And I think that's why maybe this has been such a labor of love for all of us to create this and give it wings. And there's 16 million dementia family caregivers now, and that number is growing. Yeah. So we've got a lot of work to do. And um, I appreciate everyone whose work helps to, to reach them, lift them up and say, hey, we're here for you. We can help.
0: Yeah. And that 16 million might sound like a big number. That's only the ones we know. Right. There's a lot of people not diagnosed, you know, out there that people right. are supporting and helping. And uh, so, uh, you know, it, it just it, it just amazes me how much can be done, like you said, when we work together. And I love that you said everybody part of your group has walked the walk because there's a huge difference
1: yeah.
0: from being supported and, and not to knock them, but it, it's a whole different realm. To be supported by someone who has a medical or academic background who hasn't been in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And, and I have seen and I have heard them say the same thing when all of a sudden they're touched. For example, I was speaking one day and and a, a man just started sobbing, you know, and mm-hmm. there's probably 500, 750 people in this crowd. And he's at the front table and he, he is uncontrollably sobbing as I'm talking. And I can't really stop, but I want, I, I want to stop. And one of, one of his coworkers ran out and got a roll of toilet paper and brought it back because they couldn't even move him. I mean, he was oh. just overwhelmed. And so, you know, we took a break and I went on and I talked with him and I said, how are you? How are you doing? And he says, he says I have been a licensed administrator for 21 years. And he says, I'm doing everything wrong. He said, I really thought all the advice I was giving was correct. He says, but my dad now has it. And he's like, I agree with everything you're saying. And Mm -hmm. it's a whole different approach. And he says, I just feel so bad for those families. And I said, you gave them the best information you could at the time. And it came from the heart. I said, so that can never be wrong. And I'm sure it was still helpful, but it's just, it's a whole different angle and a whole different degree of help when it gets into Kind of that real life situation, and, and how do you cope? And how do you even, you know, like with with uh, Dr. Boss, how do you cope with your emotions? How do you even let them come out? Because sometimes you're worried they're just going to flood you and take over, and you're just going to turn into a puddle and then not be a human being anymore to be able to care for anybody. Because it it, it can be so heart wrenching to go through those things. But I think it's important for all of us to give a platform to, to allow people to acknowledge those feelings, not feel embarrassed about them and to help them move through them that they are normal. You know, it's our reactions to those feelings that can get us in, in trouble much more so than actually feeling our feelings. And, and I'm sure you've seen this and through your group that when people acknowledge their feelings publicly, when they, when they become vulnerable, they allow others to go there, and that is really healing in the long
3: run. It it's so true. I think the the best gift for any family caregiver is to, as Doctor Boss says, make sure you build your psychological family—that family of your heart and mind, who have your back, who are there for you no matter what. That can be members of a support group. It's not sometimes even our fam, our actual family who can be throwing shots from the side. You know, so. That's that we have learned from our surveys that that can be done virtually and be just as meaningful as in person. And that's really um, cause for a lot of hope, really, in how we, we can help support folks. I think that one of the most important things is to help these family caregivers find their voice. Sometimes around their, because they have chronic sadness sometimes they just get shut down. It's like, people are like, you know, I just don't want to hear it anymore. I want to just be happy. And in my own world, we need to, we need to all have our voices. We need to find our voices because that allows us to deal with things rather than those things, just taking control and power over us. And so, um, you know, that's what we're all about in company with others. You know, Dr. Boss's terms are complex you know ju- you know paradoxical thinking living in the gray um you know both and thinking um that your your loved one can be with you but also no longer there for you and, and acknowledging that those lower stress and just help us all take that next step and connect to the i think the real blessings and the gems that are along the way
2: you know, as I, as I hear you think, I keep thinking of this, this encounter I had with a man who so desperately needs community. He was telling me about his wife who has dementia. And he said, when I see her, she knows who I am. She touches my face and she tells me she loves me. And when I look in her eyes, there's nothing there. And I leave in tears. And I wanted to scream and think, why could he not see what I most likely would have, which is a woman with something to say. And his entire life was encompassed by sadness and loss, and that's all he could see. And if he had given the opportunity to experience joy or anything other with her, his ability to see who she was and relate to her would have changed.
0: I just think of how many family members would have literally just died to hear those words. Yeah. You know, but chances are he was looking for the whole old package. The glint mm-hmm. in the eye, the smile, the the peck on the cheek, the hug, the everything else that went with it and the package was different. Yeah. For me I say my mom's biggest gift to me was her disease mm-hmm. and what she taught me through that. And what a strange package. I never would have I never would have imagined came to me but but Marilyn, you said the same thing through denial, you kind of of went like this. And then when you entered, you were like, Oh, my gosh, how cool is this? Yeah. And and look at the things you developed as well through what you were taught by learning to communicate on different levels that we have either ignored or taken for granted. And you know, all the nonverbals. you know, when you can when you can embrace those again and and take them back for for what they are, yeah. instead of just well that that always happens and then you're you're missing them. But you know, for me, some of the the smallest, minutest little things that happen between my mom and I are are the things that are so ingrained in my heart will never ever leave because they were so. Special and they surprised me like when my mom said my name after three years of not saying my name, I mean I just broke down into a puddle and bawled mm. for hours and and I remember having even an epiphany during that moment I could hear God talk to me and say, Lori, don't be sad. This is a brilliant gift. Spread the word. You know, mm-hmm. we can still communicate. We can still have love at different levels. In learning these, these levels of unconditional love, for me, it turned into almost a spiritual journey because that it, was, it, it was so intense and yet so simple
3: yeah. and
0: so comfortable at the same time.
3: Lori, you can't know those things unless you show up mm-hmm. and show up out of love and meet them where they are. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be frustrating. One of our caregivers in our group, and, and these were my most precious group meetings, was where people would not just talk about what was going wrong, but you know, you're know, you trying to turn them to focusing on what is still there, what is still meaningful. And they would start to bring in these little amazing treasure gems that they would have otherwise missed. And that's when you knew that they, their humanity had been deepened, and they were there finding those blessings that we'll never, we will never ever forget. We will treasure them always. One of our caregivers used to bring them into his, the group, one of the Alzheimer's dementia groups, and he he just made a point of sharing them each week, and the caregivers loved it. And one day he he called them his epiphanies, and then he came in one day and called them his geodes. And we said, "What do you mean by geodes?" He says, "You know." They're the gems inside the stones the universe keeps pelting us with. Oh, I love it. <laughs> everybody just loved that analogy and loved it. So we all, have, we all have those gems in the stones the universe pelts us with yeah. if we show up and, and pay attention and they're yeah. treasured.
0: They really are. They, they really are. And they make you not just look at your relationship with that person, but I think the whole world differently. They're just ingrained then in you to have a different perspective. Uh, I used to get really frustrated when people would say, oh, I'm, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh. Like, it's okay. We're doing okay. You know, granted we have our moments, but you know, so do you and your husband or you and your kids, you know, (laughs) you, you have your moments where life's not perfect and we shouldn't expect dementia to be perfect because life wasn't to begin with, but we put these high standards in, and I know I, I did it with my mom. I called it freeze framing. You know, I kind of took her at her pinnacle state and said, this is who I want you to be. And I didn't even know I was doing that until one day I looked at a picture and it was a picture of my wedding day, my mom, my dad, and I, and then I, I broke out laughing, thinking, you know, of my wedding day and how my mom kind of coordinated everything. And I mean, it was just, that's who she was. You know, we, Announced we were getting married in 20 minutes. She called back with the church, the food, and the, and the hall. I mean, everything was like set. And, um, and then I look at this picture and I think, nothing's the same. I have no right to hold my mom in this pinnacle state. My dad's dead. My mom's got dementia. And I'm divorced. Hello. <laughs> Nothing is the same. And yet I think it's really common for us to hold on to the past instead of moving on with the future. And Because mm-hmm. there's such a fear of losing the past. And yet, if we all get up and look in the mirror, none of us are the same. Life is fluid. And, and learning to be able to appreciate all of life. And, and there's, gifts, there's gifts wrapped in everything, um, if we're willing to look for it. You look at some of the poorest communities in the world, and people go, how can they be so happy? Because they look much deeper than keeping up with the Joneses you know, that's not important to them. It's about, about relationships. So I, I love the program you're doing. I do want to ask you about, because a lot of people might not really understand and what
3: ambiguous loss is. Good question. So ambiguous loss is a complex loss that has no resolution, no closure. It's just, again, stays in a place of ambiguity um, and in the case of it, it can be physical or psychological, but for family caregivers uh, whose loved ones have Alzheimer's or dementia, it's a psychological ambiguous loss where they're physically there with us, but psychologically absent or missing. And one of the keys to this that is so important is Dr. Boss, who's just just spot on, I think, with this. What happens when most, you know, most caregivers go through feeling real grief, um, but they're not dealing with it because no one outside recognizes it. We recognize clear loss when someone dies. And then what happens? Our friends, our loved ones, our faith communities wrap us in support. But that doesn't happen when you're caring for someone with dementia very often. They don't recognize it. And sometimes we don't either know what's going on. Dr. Boss said, and this is really key. Oftentimes caregivers will finally go see a doctor and say what, you know, I need help. And they almost always are immediately diagnosed as having um, depression. And what is the treatment for depression? It's medication, sometimes therapy or both. Dr. Boss contends that most of the caregivers she worked with in the world of dementia care, actually what they were experiencing was chronic, profound, deep sadness. And they had every right to be sad. Over all these profound losses that happen as your person, you know, as they progress further into dementia. But the treatment for sadness isn't medicine. It's community. It's self-care. It's learning how to navigate and learn, equip yourself with the the tools to, to navigate that. That is a real game changer, I think. That's a real aha moment. For a lot of caregivers, when they hear what ambiguous loss really is, and um, and it has proven to be true. And when we do our support groups, even they're all founded, they're they're all grounded in the work of ambiguous loss. And my best days were when it wasn't me saying, you know, as Doctor Boss teaches us, it was family caregivers in the group saying, well, you know what Doctor Boss said about that, and they. Build that into the whole fabric of their lives, and share it with one another. And that, in conversation and community, is what makes all the difference.
0: That is powerful.
3: Yeah, that
0: is, and that's one of the things that I, I love about her work is she states things so they're repeatable, you know, and, and they I mean, they are understandable and they they hit the heart and they're they're like you said those aha moments of this is what's been missing because. We think of grief, you know, kind of the stages and, and I, I can't tell you how many um, care partners have said, I don't need a grief support group. I don't need help for eight weeks and then I'm going to be fine. I'm not going to be fine in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. This is going to last longer than that. And what they really want, like you said, Ann, they want community. They, they want to feel connected. They want friendships. They, they want to know that they're not nuts, that they're still grieving Right. And and everybody does it differently. And I know um, when I had Dr. Boss on the radio show, she said, you know, we're really looking at at changing grief because it really never does go away. You know, it, myth
3: of closure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and that in itself, I think, is helpful for people to understand as well. So I, I just so encourage people to, you know, go check out. um your your sessions. I mean, my gosh, they're free. There's absolutely no excuse not to do this. Um, and it is a wealth of information um, from one of the, the world's leading experts in this area. Right. They, get, they get to
3: learn from the renowned expert herself, the humble, wise, warm. It, it's like, you know, you kind of get a hug from her, even through mm-hmm. video every, every time. And um So we really encourage everybody, please come join us. If you're interested in being a facilitator, it's a a scripted guide. All the materials are there um, and you can bring it to your own community or get on one of our groups. The beauty of virtual now is that we're not just getting folks from Phoenix, Arizona. We're getting people from all over joining in and we would love to have you you know, get a hold of us. We'd love to talk to you. Or, or send us a note through the meaningandhope.org site. There's a way to do that. I have a question for Anne. So that if you go through this um,
2: process, I think you said it was how many sessions? Six, ten. ten. Do people stay together after that? Do, are these communities that are formed that continue on their own?
3: Uh, yes, they can. That's an option for them. We call them alumni groups,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, we actually now we're running an alumni-specific support group so that they can stay together. Mm-hmm. Um, if they choose, they can they can meet up and um, you know have conversations uh, or you know join one of our alumni groups. That's something we plan to grow. The other new thing that we're um, uh, launching is a senior facilitator program. So once somebody has facilitated a sufficient number of groups, they can, we'll just train them so that they can train other facilitators. Mm -hmm. That's how we grow. You know, we have to have scalable models um, that work pretty efficiently to keep this free of charge. And um, so that's, that's our model going, going forward.
0: I love it. And is there anything that, that we haven't talked about in terms of what the mods award, you know, being a recipient of that has done for, for you as an organization?
3: I am here now (laughs) (laughs) getting to talk to you because of mods awards. Um, We, I, I will tell you, we were successful getting our very first federal grant and it was to, do a demonstration project on a national level. We're in the middle of it now with finding meaning and hope and, and continuing to build our, our uh, meaning and hope Institute, virtual Institute, that all points directly back to mods awards. You know, when you're a small nonprofit who gives it all away for free, it, you don't have a budget for marketing and all of those kinds of things. We are working each and every day to get the resources in to take the next step. So, this was just cause for such huge celebration for us because it, it lifted us up. It helped us do what we've dreamed to do by giving us wings and I would say sort of validating what we were doing. That's worth tons to us. And we are forever grateful, forever grateful um, for that, um, that award. That is so
2: wonderful to hear. Thank you, Anne. Um, lovely. I mean every word of it. And I guess I should say that MODS Awards applications are open. Mm-hmm. They open today. You go to modsawards.org and find out all about the awards, how to apply. You can see past uh, applicants are winners uh, so you can get a sense uh, of what's been going on. But so we're open for business.
3: And, and I would encourage everyone who's had their journey who has their big idea and they, it's been their labor of love that they've cared about and nurtured and brought along apply apply uh you know that's where the best ideas come from i believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you have to let people know about them and that's what mods awards does for all of us yeah
0: yeah you have to you have to step out and step in to taking a risk publicly of stating what you you know what you're doing but climate. it you know, claim what you're right. doing. Be proud of it. Um, it. Excite other people. Inspire them. It, like you said, I think one of the things that's so beautiful about Maude's words is the validation. You know, when you when someone gets validated for the work they do, that just I mean, lights a fire under them to do more. Yeah. And there's not enough of that out there. And and even for those that apply, you also put together a magazine that acknowledges those that couldn't be official winners, but we're still doing great work. So that gives people a huge variety. I mean, there's there's so many resources out there that people just don't know about and all different kinds of um, services, products, and tools that are tapping into skill sets of a variety of people of all cultures, all ages, you know, everything. And there's no dumb idea out there. If you feel there's a need, there's a need. And there's other people like you. You just maybe haven't connected with them yet.
2: And there's a book that we do every year that has a a number of applicants. I think this year we have 65 um, so that you can see a wealth of programs that are enriching the lives of people living with dementia. Even if they weren't the winners, we want to expand our knowledge of everything that's out there that people can access.
0: And now, um, Marilyn, this is for people in the U.S., correct?
2: In the U.S. Right now, we are not, we've gotten, it, we did get one uh, letter of interest from China, but we're not ready there. Um, but yeah, right now it's for anybody. It can be nonprofit, for-profit individuals, family caregivers, um, anybody. We just want to hear from you. Uh, we want to know what you have done. We want to know how we can make life better for people living with dementia and their
3: care partners.
0: Great. And it looked like you wanted to make a comment.
3: I did because I'm remiss that I didn't say this, but um, again, we would really love anyone, any of your listeners um, to jump on our site, see what you think. It's a work in progress. We do stuff, you know, I'm a believer in nothing about us without us. So. Feedback from family caregivers is key for us. But also if you sign on, we'll keep you posted when the site is fully up and running and we'll invite you to a fireside chat with Dr. Pauline. Uh, so you'll love meeting her. You can learn a little bit up front, even if you haven't taken the, the class, she's been a, a big supporter and um, it would be really our honor and pleasure to um bring you together with this wise and wonderful woman. So,
0: Oh, fantastic. So again, the um, opening of the awards application is today, March 14th and runs to May 16th at 6 p.m. Um, and that is Pacific time. And all you have to do is go to the website, which is modsawards.org, or you can email Marilyn at modsawards.org. If you have any questions like, which category and is this even appropriate for me and all of those questions that that people have. She's more than willing to talk to you. They are also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and their social media tags. They've kept it really simple is mods award. So you can find them anywhere. And for duet, they have a Facebook page duet AZ. Uh, They're on Twitter under that same handle and again, you can go to their website, meaningandhope.org. And we have a link to the trailer that will show people a little bit about, um, you know, about the the video uh, classes with Dr. Pauline Boss. And then do you want to give out a phone number as well? And I have one, but I always like to ask first. Absolutely. And thank you for that. So the phone number is 602 uh, 274 5022. Ladies, this was just a true pleasure. And uh, I can't wait to see who wins and and all the nominations that come in hopefully from all around the nation. And um, show off what you're doing. Be proud. Step up, share it, inspire others and see what happens. Thank thank you you, so much
3: for this opportunity. This is great. And
2: thank you for everything you're doing.
0: Thank you. Well, in wrapping up, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Check MODS Awards out. Uh, again, applications open up today. They close May 16th. And for our listeners, please like, click, and share. If you know of someone who's got a great service product or tool out there or information, pass this along. Everybody deserves to be recognized, but you can't always be recognized if you're not willing to be noticed. Bye, everyone.